Welcome to Pastors of the Roundtable. This is the Discipleship Podcast. I've been in North Carolina um, a little bit this past week. Um, this is the Discipleship Podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church, brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. We encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. We are still walking through the Baptist faith and message, walking through it, and this week we are going to talk about education um, and see if any of us need more of it. Um, and uh, I don't know. I Actually, I muted you, Tim. Yeah, I saw okay, that. Okay, there you go. Okay, you know let what? Me, that let happened me. a couple episodes ago, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I had it's become a normal. <laughs> it's all right. So I got Tim Angeli, Scott Slater, Spencer Snow here. Um, Pastor Dave is out today. Um, so we're going to talk today about education, um, the Baptist faith and message on education, um, which in some ways, let's be honest, that it's kind of um, most statements of faith in Christianity don't have statements about education. So I don't know that people were... If you've never read the Baptist Faith and Message, it might stand out to you um, <clears throat> about what it says. But it opens up this way. It says, Christianity is the faith of enlightenment and intelligence. In Jesus Christ abide all the treasuries of wisdom and knowledge. All sound learning is, therefore, a part of our Christian heritage. The new birth opens all human faculties and creates a thirst for knowledge. Moreover, the cause of education in the kingdom of Christ is coordinate with the causes of missions and general benevolence and should receive along with these the liberal support of the churches. An adequate system of Christian education is necessary to a complete spiritual program for Christ's people. In Christian education, there should be a proper balance between academic freedom and academic responsibility. Freedom in any orderly relationship of human life is always limited and never absolute. The freedom of a teacher in a Christian school, college, or seminary is limited by the preeminence of Jesus Christ, by the authoritative nature of the scriptures, and by the distinct purpose for which the school exists. So that's the section on education, uh, Christianity, um, and education. So right away, it opens up with this. It says, it is the faith of enlightenment and intelligence. Um and I guess this brings up sometimes um, Christians, especially in our culture today, are often maybe portrayed as, uh, depending on who, uh, who you're talking to, sometimes Christians can be portrayed as uh, ignorant or uneducated. Um, uh, and this, obviously, though, there, there are higher uh, institutions of education that come from a Christian background to, to varying degrees. Um, how is Christianity compatible with education, with the pursuit of knowledge, um, is it? Um, how should we think about that? I mean, I think I think in Scripture you're encouraged to know God. So there's like a study of God that He's He's made Himself known through His Word, and then we see in John the Word became flesh. Right, Jesus comes, and so God has made Himself known. So there's an understanding of God that we should pursue, obviously, in that realm. But then we also know that God is creator of all things, of the heavens and the earth, and we see this in, in Genesis. We see a care for his creation, that God cares for his creation. And so I think part of education and learning, even apart from like uh, biblical learning, uh, is a good thing because it allows us to understand God's creation better as we study these things. And he's a God of order. 
right? And so what we've learned over time, what smart people have learned over time are things like mathematics. We've learned things about the heavens and the earth scientifically, and it usually there's order in it, right? Like when you think of math, you have to think about order. There's structure and, and there's rules that make sense, uh, you know, uh, whatever, whatever it is. Um, and so it's not wrong to pursue these things. And in fact, I think oftentimes the Bible teaches good. And what happens though is it seems like sometimes Christians get scared maybe of what they might learn that it's going to disprove something about God. And so like there's this fear because let's face it. I mean, most of our academic world has went away from God. And so they look for answers apart from God. Um, But I think what I'm thankful for is there are scientists out there. There are some Christians out there, very smart people who are not afraid of biology. They're not afraid of chemistry. They're not afraid of um, anthropology and all these different studies um, because they just believe it's going to affirm more about what the Bible says, which is really where we should stand as, as Christians. If we believe this word to be true, and I'm not, I'm not fearful of education, right, mm-hmm. and of knowing these things. Now, education can lead people astray. You know, you think about like philosophers and different things are trying to figure stuff out and they push God aside and what is the meaning of life and that. And yeah, I mean, and maybe some parents are listening and their kids are about to go off to college and they're fearful. I wouldn't say it's because of education that we see college kids backslide or go away. It's more because of culture and where they (laughs) start to find their joy and Mm -hmm. stuff, Uh, friends that they make and different things that we need to try to help our children with. But I don't think education should be something to be feared. In fact, I think as Christians, we need more Christians out there, I think, trying to be educated and to fill these fields Um, because it will just help, I think. It helped the church even in the long run. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking of it, I mean, not not just in what you're talking about in terms of like to be generally educated Mm -hmm. about like a – uh, I guess like what people way back when would call like natural theology but the things of, of the world, whether it be mathematics or science or physics or whatever. Um, but also in terms of like our faith, to be educated in our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, like you this past Sunday, one of the points that you made in your sermon was that our worship is to be done with understanding. Mm-hmm. And you referenced uh, 1 Corinthians fifteen or 14 verse 15, which is, is talking about that. And it says, what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. And so uh, the Christian faith is a faith of the mind, where uh, we're also told that we are renewing our minds. Uh, But also I think of even the Great Commission, a passage that's so foundational to um, the Southern Baptist denomination, the fact that we're so engaged in missions and what we believe about missions, but also the Great Commission is not just to go and baptize people, which is, I think, maybe a pushback that's against education and the need for education and that part of making disciples, but Christ's command in the Great Commission was not simply to baptize people and then move on, but it was to teach them all that I've commanded you. Well, what are you doing when you're teaching somebody? You're educating them. And so what we, a big part of what we see, our, the role of our church, is not simply baptizing people and sitting them in the pew just to stay there, 
but it is then to teach them, to educate them, to increase their knowledge about the faith. That's a huge part of the mission of our church and what we're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think um, <clears throat> Christianity, I think, is, uh, and I think, well, maybe part of the problem, too, is is we've accepted um, the especially uh, maybe this is more since the Enlightenment, but the idea that there's this separation between knowledge and faith Mm -hmm. to where I take this on faith as if that's not the way I arrive at truth elsewhere. And we've separated those realms to where what I know about God is by faith, what I know about this world is by knowledge. I don't know that that's actually the way the Bible thinks about these things because what happens is is then we separate the things that are found in the bible from this world as if they didn't really happen and so it's almost like bible land over here and then this world over here um and instead christianity is a is a religion that um we think uh, the because of of a because of of good education and knowledge that we have and because of what the bible claims to be and you can test it you can you know it's it it claims to be a historical record and an account of what's happened amongst us um therefore christianity is 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 a religion that has to be taught um it can't simply be it should be felt as the result of teaching, but it's not simply being feel, feelings or moral instruction. It is a it is something that you have to be taught and passed on. This is the way it was in the Old Testament. Um, the religion of of the Old Testament was one that had to be taught and passed on, and you had to be instructed in at some level. Um, and similarly, that continues into the New Testament. The religion of Christ is a religion that has to be that that is. Uh, passed on by teaching. Um, that's the way God designed it. Of course, with the Spirit's blessing of that, we can't do that without his, with his uh, power. But um, yeah, Christianity is a religion of, of a book with words and with truths that have to be passed on and taught and believed. Yeah, I'm going to read like 13 verses out of 1 Corinthians uh, 18. It's chapter 1, verse 18 to 31. It says, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. A stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles, but to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, for the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are. So that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So that as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. What I have found is I have seen Christians take this passage as an Mm -hmm. excuse not to be smart. Coming from a guy 
who was one of the preeminent Jewish scholars of his time. And that's what I mean. Right. <laughs> I yeah. mean, yeah. And they're taking that passage extremely out of context because the way I take it instead is Paul saying, listen, you have all these people in the world who think they're smart. Mm-hmm. They're off debating. They're off trying to think of what is the purpose of life. And Paul's battled these people. And how did he do it? He did it with the wisdom of Christ that he gave him. But it wasn't like Christ all of a sudden just shot a thing into him and now you know this. It was studied. It was planned. It was trained, and Paul's like, I can go and talk with these people because I'm actually the wisdom of the world because Christ is in me. He's given it to me, and he's given it to all of us, those of you who are of no no noble birth. right? There's nothing special about you, yet God has saved you, and you have much greater wisdom than everybody else out there. And it's your job to let them know that. Now, not not boastfully, because if we boast, let our boast be in Jesus Christ. But we want to share that. I remember it was shocking to me once. I was listening to John MacArthur. I don't know if I was listening or reading. I can't remember. But um, he said that to his congregation once. He's like, listen, if you're a Christian, you're of the smartest people in the world. He said, you have the best knowledge in the whole world. Nobody has anything better. All these smart people, you actually do. And he says, I don't say that in a boastful way. I'm just saying we have been given the light in a dark world. And so we need to act like it. And so you want to know what the light is. You want mm-hmm. to study. You want to be prepared so that you can be a debater mm. with people, mm-hmm. so that you can have a conversation with people to share with them the gospel, the good news of what God has done. Um, and so, again, I've just heard too many people take this passage. They see God uses me even though I'm not wise and I'm not smart. He can still use me. And it's like, I can just stay where I'm at, not being wise and he'll, Mm -hmm. he'll use me. I'll just be kind to people and stuff. Yes. He can use you by being kind to people, but he's not telling you just stay where you are. Paul did write another 15 chapters after that, (laughs) after that chapter, right. To, to instruct them Mm -hmm. as to how to live and what Mm -hmm. the gospel is. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I just wanted to point that out because I I've heard that, you know, and honestly, and we've talked about this before in our area, and even at times in our own church, I've heard people push down Christian education, that it's not important. I'm saved. I read my Bible, you know, whatever. That's all I need. And they almost make it sound like that's for the elites or that's who the snooty who think they're special Christians because they're going off and reading books and trying to get educated or whatever it is. And if that's their attitude, I mean, if that's the person's attitude in getting education, well, then shame on them, right? That's not right. But if you're trying to get educated in the Word of God and being trained in ministry and you want to preach better or you want to teach better or you want to be able to share the gospel better with your kids or people you come across, well, then do everything you can to do that. Why would you Why would you not? I mean, how many times have you heard people say the reason they don't share the gospel with people is because they're afraid they're not going to be able to answer questions? Mm-hmm. Well, then do something about it. Find out the answer. You know, Um, it's there. Mm -hmm. It's not hidden. Uh, The other, I mean, another, you kind of use that as an application of like why this is necessary, why this would be good. Another one is I've talked to so many people who are going through difficult times and trials and challenges. And when I meet with them and I talk to them, I find out the main reason you're going through this trial is you do not understand the Christian faith. You don't understand what it means to walk in faithfulness. You don't understand what the Bible teaches about this. Even some basic questions of that you would think a Christian should be able to understand this. A professing Christian should be able to, to understand this and explain it in a way that like a, a five to a ten year old would be able to understand it. 
but there's just a lack of understanding. And, and I, I think a lot of people's everyday normal challenges and problems that they go through could be solved with some basic Christian education. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, Ed- education is not the, it's not an end in itself. No. But it is a, it is a, it's meant to, to bring us closer to know who God is, but also how to live for him and, and to live in this world with each other. Um, yeah. And seminary and like classical training isn't necessary for spiritual maturity. That's not what we're right. teaching either. Right. Right. But there should be a desire in your heart to know God more. Right. Or to, I hate saying it, to, I guess to grow in the Lord. And how do we do that? Well, we do that through education. And so from, from my experience with most churches that I know, they have some sort of system within their church of education. All of them have a pulpit. Well, I guess a lot of people are getting rid of pulpits now. They don't they use bistro tables. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they use the high top table. Uh-huh. Or, you know what I mean? But most churches have some sort of preaching. They might call it a talk, whatever they change it to. But that's their form of education. That's probably the utmost, the most important education is uh-huh. is the sermon. But a lot of them have something like Sunday school or small groups or men's Bible study, women's Bible study. They have things for kids. Even the smallest church you go to will have something. They usually do. And why do they do that? They do that to teach, right? And what I would encourage most people to do, most people don't need to go to seminary. You don't need to go off to Bible college. But you do need to be involved in your church's education system, whatever it is, right? And if it's not the greatest, well, maybe maybe you do need to go somewhere and get trained more classically so that you can go back to your church and help them with it, right, um, to teach or whatever it might be. And what a great ministry that would be to some church. You know, if a member was like, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to... I'm going to go take some classes so I can come back and and teach my church family well. I want them to know this stuff. Mm. What an awesome thing, right? Mm. Um, And so maybe maybe we should talk a little bit about our our personal uh, education that we have here at Monroe Missionary Baptist Church. Spencer, you're the lead of that. We've hired you for that. Yeah. We have a desire for you to fulfill that. And so uh, you've been here now for... This is my third year. Third year. Yeah. So we talk a lot about this as pastors. We try to think through curriculum. We try to think through why would we have the kids do this if they're already doing this or what something new that we could do or um, home groups, Sunday school, preaching. All of that goes into education. So I don't know, Spencer, if you wanted to share just a little bit about your thoughts, philosophy behind behind all that. Yeah, I mean, I think we want to overall... uh, as a support to the main preaching ministry uh, uh, every week, <clears throat> which is the main, uh, right, if anything, that's, if we give up everything else, we keep that, the the worship service where we hear the preached word of God and the word read publicly. But underneath that, we also want to be a church that has a, a system or uh, that, we're, that we're trying to pass on the Christian faith to various age groups and, and at their level, um, to, to help bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Uh, obviously, the first if you're talking children, the first teachers are their parents, but the church can come alongside and, and help in that. Um, and we, like Pastor Scott read earlier, it is the church's job to teach all nations. So um, 
it, our job as a, as the, it's not simply the seminary's job to teach people. It's actually our commission as a local church to teach people the, the, the Christian faith. Um, and so we try to do that from the youngest all the way up to adulthood. Um, and, and that's, that's why, you know, we do the rotation of Sunday school classes and for the children we've, uh, Scott's really led the, the, the staggering of the, um, you know, the intentional planning of the, the curriculum there so that the, the children are, are being taught and given a good grounding in the scriptures and in the Christian faith all the way up through youth group or all the way up through the youth and then eventually transitioning into the adult classes. Yeah, because we asked the question. Well, right. When we were thinking through yeah. this, we yeah. asked the question, let's say a child is born at MMBC. Right. Not, and, not at the church, but hopefully yeah, at a hospital girls, somewhere a hospital. else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. And never leaves Monroe Missionary Baptist Church. Yeah. And stays until they're a hundred years old and passes right, away. Right. What would we want them to mm-hmm. go through and mm-hmm. to say, we are trying to help you become a spiritually mature Christian. Right. That was kind of the question right. that we asked ourselves. Yeah. yeah. What would we want them to be a part of? And so for us, it was, well, we want our kids to have uh, Sunday school, like a, a training. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do during Sunday school with a good curriculum. Right. We also have children's church for a set age. And that's a catechism where like a question is asked each week and then answered who is God, right? Or what is our, what is the, per, whatever mm-hmm. new city catechism they're going through, right? No, 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 that was, they going through? they are doing a more theological subject. It's not yeah. a catechism, but it's still it on the, the basis factory? of a question. Yeah. That's we the, use praise the praise factory. factory. Okay. Right. It's, it is still based on there being a question right. and an answer, okay. which is Sorry, the truth yeah. about God, but it's not a straight catechism. Right. Yeah. And so as they go through that, they eventually would get up to the youth age where the youth uh, have a Wednesday night Bible study with Pastor right. Scott, where he goes through books of the Bible, or um, he does different things up there with them. But then also they have a Sunday school class on Sunday morning. And again, Pastor Scott works with the teachers, and they come up with curriculum, whether it's books of the Bible, or um, they've been doing some things on the church, right? Like some church life stuff recently, right? Uh, yeah, they alternate between going. Honestly, the thought is the books of the Bible that they study is or want to follow and go in step with what's being preached on Sunday morning so they can go even deeper into the details to study that. But they alternate between doing that and also doing studies about, like, the church. Like, right. what is church leadership? What's church membership? What is what does all this stuff mean? Because, honestly, what they need to be prepared for is they're about to become a mature member of mm-hmm. the church. And so do they understand mm-hmm. what that means? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's hopefully just a slow drip mm-hmm. throughout their years of being yeah. a youth. Yeah. They will come to understand those things. Yeah. Right. So, so through their youth and kids' years, that's kind of what it is, is that mm-hmm. uh, for the education, plus helping parents, like we said, with materials, with stuff for at home, how to worship at home, which you, Scott, actually did a Sunday school class on that. Two semesters of it. Two semesters of it, of family worship and what that looks like and how He's to do sang that. in it, too. Yeah, that's probably why it died the second time. Well, he shouted really loud one time. I remember that class. That was, was fun. fun. Every, I was faces. shocked. I was like, <laughs> you should have seen their faces. They were shocked. Too. It was awesome. It was good. A couple he people did, didn't come but, back. By the way, that class is really good. Scott does a really yeah. good job. I sat in the whole thing, mm-hmm. so he does really good. So then leading up to that, those kids and youth are in the services. They should be. And so we have, for kids and adults, we have... Sunday morning worship service where we preach normally through books of the Bible and then also Sunday evening worship where we preach again. We right now we're doing Christology, preaching through basically yeah, Christology things, uh, but we do different things and attributes of God might do books of the Bible, whatever. 
Uh, but another worship service, that's for everybody. And then as you get to be an adult, there's Sunday school where we have this semester-based uh, topical classes. Some are going through books of the Bible uh, classes. And these are things that we think about as pastors of like the different topics that we want, or mm-hmm. maybe we should do a class on marriage. Maybe we should, right now we have a class with just women, right? It's right. just a women's class and right. they're going through uh, the parables the parables together. Uh, and so we're trying to think about that in Sunday school. It's like, here's training in a small group setting for our people. So they already are being preached to regular basis. Now they can be taught in a smaller setting and ask questions. It's more mm-hmm. give and take uh, for them. And then the other thing that we thought through was was the home group side. It's like, well, it'd be awesome if everybody was a part of a home group where they're meeting, you know, maybe once a week apart from Sunday, uh, and getting together just for fellowship, just a time to be together, to pray for each other. Again, Bible study wasn't a big focus of that because we're thinking if they're doing the other things, they're getting a lot of Bible study. They're hearing two sermons and they're in Sunday school. So that's a lot if they're going to keep up with it during the week, which is what we would hope they would do. Uh, and then and then on top of that, right, with the, so the home group setting of, with the fellowship, the camaraderie, the being there for one another, living life together, which we think is an important part of education. On top of that is the podcast stuff we do. Right. It's uh, a junk drawer. The, the junk, junk drawer. drawer. We do this to try to <laughs> educate. And this is something people can do on their own time whenever. And right. we have tons of topics out there. We also do a midweek sermon recap. So it's like going off the sermon, trying to go deeper. You hear from all of us as pastors talking through that. The reading through the Bible thing? The reading, oh yeah. The New Testament? Yep, we do a reading through the Bible thing right now where we're encouraging people to read a chapter a day, five days a week. It's going to get them through the New Testament in the year. And Pastor Spencer posts a podcast every week going through those chapters. Next year, I think we're going through the Book of Mormon. So that'll be really interesting. (laughs) Oh my God. See if our numbers go up. Really neat. Um, (laughs) Stay tuned. But I say all that to say that's a lot. That's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of education. There's a lot of opportunity, right? There's and then a we lo- got the men's conference coming up. Yeah, the, I mean, the book stall. The book stall. Yes, see, we have all these. Uh, uh, the other thing I didn't mention is, just so people know, being Southern Baptist, the North gets poo-pooed on. We have no schools up here. We If we have somebody in our congregation say, I'm kind of interested in ministry and we want to point them to a school. They're all in the South. There's the closest ones, Louisville, which is about four hours if you're driving fast. And people in the South would say, that's not the South. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Been there, done that. Yeah. But a lot of state conventions have their own schools and stuff that they run that aren't seminaries. Like you can go. Yeah. Like, like Kentucky has their own yeah. colleges, right? Yeah, yeah uh, they don't run them, though. I know, but they, where they I are, went, mid-continent, mid-continent, where yeah. I went for a year, was that way. They were affiliated with Southern Baptist, but it wasn't like cooperative funds, I don't think, was going to it. or I don't I don't remember how it all worked. Yeah. We just don't have that around here, if we're being honest. We don't we don't have a lot of those schools where we would point people to, and so we... Not that, Southern Baptist schools. There are really good schools up here to go to. Some, Maybe. Right. Yeah, I went to one of them. Yeah, I mean, you went to one. There's a <laughs> well, few yeah. others over there. I mean, yeah. I used to think it was pretty good. Three years in, I'm like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know what? No. I'm. Just, I, thanks for joining us today. This yeah. has been great. Yeah. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I'm just kidding. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> but that, but I would. That yeah. is a seminary. Yeah. 
I'm just trying to think of like a regular school. Like my like, son's going to graduate. Oh, you're next, talking about like a college. Yeah, my son's going to graduate oh, next year. Oh, there's Hillsdale. There is for sixty thousand yeah. dollars a year because yeah. they don't take government yeah. funds, which yeah. I don't blame them. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, there you go. Still don't have to be sixty thousand. What I'm saying is the options. I don't know that it's sixty thousand a year. It's forty-seven. I, I looked into it. You it is. It's forty-seven. I forty-seven. I've looked into is it. Is that just for tuition? Yeah. Well, maybe housing. Too. That would probably have to be housing. Yeah, I was housing. Say, I mean, it's a. I've heard it's pretty pricey. It's very pricey. They they will not take any government funds, so it's all yeah. you're paying. Yeah. That's not including it's books that you can pay. It's a great pay. school. You're paying for their YouTube page to keep producing. Hey, they, Anyways. There you go. My point is there's not a ton of options up here. And so we have actively thought as a staff is like, how can we help this? Because we do have people in our church who've been interested in ministry and growing uh, more. And so it's like, well, what can we, what can we offer? Um, one thing we've done this might seem minimal to some, but it's not, is the library. We've tried to have a good library, and that to us was reaching out past our church walls even to where we want to encourage local pastors to use this library. Here's good resources that cost tons of money that you probably don't have as a pastor. We have these resources here because they were donated to us. Come and use it right, so that you can better preach to your congregation. I've had someone in our church call that room the Harvard room there now because it's yeah. they, they love the feel of it, by yeah, the way. It so. does. It looks very yeah, nice. Yeah. But this is something we're actively trying to answer is like sure. when young people come up and say, I want to be more trained in ministry. Well, what can we do? Well, we've took in interns and try to put them through some sort mm-hmm. of training. Uh, we, we have a class for guys who are kind of interested in preaching where we meet almost every Sunday afternoon and try to talk about preaching or give them opportunities and, and trying to figure this out. But we want to do more with that. Like, I don't want to call it higher education, but maybe more ministry-specific education in terms of teaching and preaching and what that would look like if someone says, I want to teach and preach, but I can't go to seminary because I have two kids and we can't get up and move. Well, what can we do as a church to help? What resources are out there to try to help you with that? Um and train you because we see education as important. And that's all stuff that Spencer's been trying to tackle. And it doesn't happen overnight, right? It takes a lot of time uh, to, to do those sort of things. And an example being Hillsdale College. They're trying to train people $47,000. So, if it, I mean, hey, we don't charge anything, though, to these guys who are wanting to learn. And we're trying to do it uh, on our own, right? And so that's some of the things that we're doing here. Mm education wise that I think is, uh, is important and it's important mm-hmm. to us. And, uh, we're going to keep striving to do that the best, the best that we can. Yeah. The church should be pro education, true education mm-hmm. in, in, uh, in any number of ways. Like that doesn't mean you have to go to college as a Christian. It doesn't mean you have to, but you should, uh, I think one of the awarenesses needs to be is that arrogance can happen from, the pursuit of knowledge or from the thinking, I don't need to pursue knowledge mm-hmm. and you can be arrogant on both accounts yeah. and be, and I think actually though, pursuing true knowledge at some level is a pursuit of every person should have as they can do it and as they should do it in their own calling in place. And, um, and so as a church, we, we believe Christianity is a religion of a book. It's not a religion. Um, that's the way you get it. You have to go and listen to somebody and, and it has to go into your brain and the Holy Spirit takes this amazing thing that happens and or reading mm-hmm. the book and, and transforms our lives. Uh, the Holy Spirit works through that. Um, that's what he said he does. And um, just being okay with that, um, I think, is, a, is an important um, 
aspect of Christianity in general, and then that's what we want to be as a local church as well. I was just going to say, I think education for the for children, we mentioned this earlier, is, is primarily the role of the parent. Education for the Christian is primarily the role of the church, as we're thinking about Christian education. But we've mentioned a few times seminaries, right, and, and that. And I do want to address that because I think that part mm-hmm. of the reason why this is part of the Baptist faith and message is because Southern Baptists do have seminaries that they financially support and the understanding of well, how can we, or how do we, um, I forgot the word, how do, how, do we, how do we demonstrate that we should be doing this? Like why should Southern Baptists have, how do we defend that? biblically and, and that understanding and you know we've mentioned a few times that like the that the normal christian doesn't need to go to seminary but i think there is a point to point out that like if if education is such a big part of what the church should be doing those that are in the spiritual leadership of the church the pastors should be educated like they should be prepared to teach the church and that's why, I mean, I, I think we would say, like, we would encourage anyone wanting to go into ministry, you need to be educated beyond a level of what a normal Christian would generally have. Mm-hmm. That doesn't always mean you have to go to seminary, um, but it, it, I would hesitate to encourage anyone to go into ministry that has not been formally educated in, in biblical themes and theological subjects. I don't know what you guys would have to yeah. say about that. Yeah, and I mean, as being part of Southern Baptist Convention, we do have six seminaries that we support through the cooperative program. One in California, one in Texas, one in Missouri, one in Louisiana, two in, Con- no, one, one in Kentucky, in, and one, one in North, uh, Carolina. North Carolina there. Um, and then under that are some um, undergrad schools mm-hmm. as well that people can go to. And if so, if there's people interested in that, I think we would love to talk to them about that. Because there's also other schools out there that aren't Southern Baptists that are great, mm-hmm. that would be Awesome if to be a part of, right, and to, and to learn. But, yeah, we would be very supportive. I re- I've talked to many young men, I, I say many, probably five young men in my ministry here at this church who I encouraged, you should leave and go to seminary, yeah. right, or you should go to college for this if you're interested in ministry. Um, and because there is, there is value to that. Now, in saying that, I'm not seminary trained. I do have a degree, uh, a bachelor's degree, in Christian ministry. Me, yeah, me too. Right. Yeah. And so Spencer's the only snooty seminary one here. Dave has one too. And Dave. Dave well, has, he's, he's not here, here right now. Yeah, yeah but so he's he, not here right now. But yeah, he has a <laughs> seminary degree too. Yeah. 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 And you hold it over our heads all the time. Yeah. I've, it sits in my it sits in my desk drawer, honestly. It just sits there. Yeah, it's funny. Like, we're the only ones that display our diploma. Oh, yeah. Mine's just sitting in there in the desk drawer. It's I don't even hang it up. just a piece of paper to him. You should yeah. hang it up. Just another you be achievement proud. in the life. It is. It That's is a good si- achievement. It, it really is, is signed by Joel Beakey. <gasps> yeah, there you go. Yeah, the, I got a book by signed by him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah no, I mean, um, I think, I think, at the very least, for people, you know, you think about the role of a pastor. It would be kind of like somebody saying, um, "I want to go into, uh, I want to be a farmer, but I really don't want to, uh, you know, I want, I want to raise grain, but I really don't like dirt." Yeah, you know, it's kind of like work on a track. I don't want to. I don't want to do tractoring. And <laughs> I think similarly with becoming a pastor, if you you need to at some level, I'm not saying you have to love being in the office or sitting in a chair, but you need to be able to um, 
read a book and break down a sentence uh, at some level. You don't have to be an expert in it, but you do have to fulfill that command that Paul gave to Timothy, study to show yourself approved. And that is a command to pastors to study. Um, And there's going to be people who don't do that nearly as much as others, but you need to be able to be willing to put the effort in. And everyone's going to do that. Some people are bivocational pastors, mm-hmm. and their their calling is, they're still called to be a pastor, but their situation is different from somebody who's been called to be in full-time ministry or whatever it looks like. We're all equally pastors still. Um, and so there's no universal, like you have to put in this number of hours to mm-hmm. do that or have this level of education. But you do need to be able to study to yeah. show yourself approved. In some ways, what you're talking about is having a skill to be able to study and to learn, yeah, maybe to have a certain temperament, yeah, to be able to do that, mm-hmm. and so it's you're right. It's not just about being able to say I logged this many hours at yeah. the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, mm-hmm. but it's it's the ability to say I have learned how to research, yeah. how to study, right, how to educate myself because that's what a pastor should always be doing is educating themselves. Yeah, yeah. but to be honest, it's going to be a lot harder to do that if you've not been forced through the rigorous study of of even a Bible college or seminary yeah. or anything like that. Right. And so it's it's not just the information you get by going there. It's also the skills that you learn while you're there and the work ethic that is developed while you're there. Yeah. Um, and that is going to be needed whether you're a full-time pastor, bivocational pastor at an established church or you're planting a church. You're yes. going to need to have those it's things. It's not going to hurt you. I mean, typically, right? It's not going to hurt your yeah. ministry. It can. I, I mean, when I when yeah. I was trying to figure out whether or not I needed to go to Bible college because I knew I wanted to go into ministry, I asked my pastor at the time, like, "Do I really need to do this?" And what he told me was, "No, you don't. God can chop down a tree with a rock, but it's a lot easier to do it mm. if it's a sharp rock, right. right? Right? If it's sharpened and honed." And that's what he was mm-hmm. saying. That is what Bible college will do for you. It will right. sharpen you. It will hone you. It will make this process easier, right? Uh, for, right, for and and I think also though making the local church then an educational a place where where the the education because I mean let's be honest right how did the early church train their pastors they didn't have a college or a seminary to send them to but the local church and the pastors there were definitely trying to study to show themselves approved. And so you picked up these habits of study and interpretation from solid, trusted other pastors that you were working with. And that's also why it's important to have this on a local level. Seminaries, I'm a big fan of, but also having the the local level, the ability to do that as well um, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a level to where you can, you can help people to be able to understand that uh, the Christian faith is is something that has to be taught. That's why you have to be able to teach to be an elder, as well. The, and so, um, the ability to pass on information to other people, truths, the gospel yeah. message. You 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 need to be able to to do that. And that's why we're pro education, um, as a church for 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 an educated ministry. Um, yeah. And I got to say what well, I know we're talking a lot about pastors and teaching, but really I think a back a backbone of, of churches who are good and successful are people who teach who aren't pastors. Yes. I mean, our kids ministry couldn't run without many volunteers. There's many people who they work 40 hours a week. You know, they have their own children, they have their own schedules. And yet faithfully every Sunday they're planning an hour lesson yeah. for children or for our adults. You know, uh, we teach as well as pastors, but 
there's others who are teaching too. And it's always such a joy uh, when people do that and they're doing that because they know that that's what God has called them to do. And it's a benefit to the church to help raise up the children or to help teach this class uh, to adults or whatever it might be. They might not ever be on stage, right? They might not get all kinds of recognition. They're probably burnt out, <laughs> a lot of them, honestly. Um, but I'm just thankful for them because most of them, if not all, they study, right? They, they yeah. plan. Like we do yeah. our best to give them curriculum so that they're not on their own. But it's like, here's a curriculum. They still have to study it. They yeah. still have to read it. Right. They're still preparing. Um, and they're doing it so that they can teach the youth or, or teach the kids or, again, yeah. teach the adults mm-hmm. the Word of God. And it's a privilege to be able to teach. But there is work in that that they're doing. And and so I'm thankful for the people in our church who see education as important, too. And they're, they're faithfully doing that uh, to our church family uh, week in, week in, and week out. And I would love if we had enough teachers to be able to like rotate more, you know, and, and give people opportunities to take breaks and times off. And hopefully we can get to that point. We'd love to get to that point, but I just wanted to say that I, I, I think it's important for us to recognize that as, as staff, that there's a lot of people here who do a lot when it comes to our education or like home group leaders, opening up their homes to people. Some of the times they're cooking meals, doing these different things. It really is a lot, but it, but it's uh, it's vital and it it doesn't go unnoticed. Right, right. Thank you Amen. for bringing that up. Yeah. Amen. Spencer okay. Gantis. All right. Let's wrap this up. Um, thanks for listening. Um, we appreciate it. Let me get this music going here. There we go. Let me pull that up a little bit. Okay. Thanks for listening. We'll join you next time with stewardship. Baptist faith and message on stewardship.